Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Payne Show. I have been hearing from so many parents recently saying, it's almost summer and I am feeling overwhelmed by having my kids home and not doing school or in school, depending upon whether they go to school or are homeschooled. And I just feel like they're going to be on screens all summer and I need to come up with ideas to keep them busy. Well, we are going to talk about that today and we are going to share 10 questions you should ask before summer. And this isn't just for your kids. This is also could be for you. And it's questions to help your kids think of things and goals and activities and ideas to create sort of a summer bucket list or a summer goals list so that you don't have to entertain and occupy them all summer. This is a great skill for you to teach them to turn their boredom into intentional action. And so we're going to talk about that. I shared about this on Instagram and so many people the next day were like, can I have a screenshot of all those questions? I didn't get them screenshotted yesterday. And so I thought it would be great to do an episode on this and dive a little deeper into it. But first, Jesse, you have been reading recently. You have a new book, a very thick book that has come in the mail that we haven't talked about on the podcast. Was this Jack Carr's new book that came out? Yes. I actually have not been reading it very often because I've got so much going on. I know. I was thinking about that. I was talking with someone else about the book. She's also reading it. And I was thinking, usually when you get one of those books in the mail, it's like, you're gone. I'm gone for three days. (laughs) Until the book is done. But we're kind of in the middle of a a lot this week because... an understatement. uh, Catherine our 18-year-old who is graduating on Saturday, decided about 10 days ago that instead of this really laid-back, simple dinner that she was going to have after her graduation just with her extended family and us and a few close friends, she wanted to have a party, which is funny because since December... We've actually November, we've been talking and I, we talked a lot extensively about having a party and we'd gone back and forth. And ultimately she'd been like, no, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do a party. Let's just keep it really simple. But then I think as it got so much closer and everybody else is having parties and then people were coming up to her saying, you didn't invite me to your party. You know, what are Mm -hmm. you doing? I was wondering how the list exploded. And I feel like then she just realized she wanted to do something more to celebrate with people who have really meant a lot to her. And I think a lot of it had to do with at school as they were doing different things. She talked about this on the episode that she and I did, but how they, different classes, just, it really did a lot to honor her and just speak life over her and just thank her. And she just came away from that saying, I want to be able to invite these people to celebrate with me. Mm -hmm. And so she invited a lot of 
different ages. It wasn't just her peers. And it ended up, as she kept telling me more and more, like, I think I want to invite them. I think I want to invite them. I think I'm going to invite them. Finally, I was like, you have got to make a list of everybody that you want to invite because I need to know how many people you're inviting. (laughs) And so she did. And when she gave me this list, I counted it up. There were over 170 people on the list. And I was Uh, like, okay, here we go. I I was telling that number to somebody that is coming and they about fell on the floor. And I said, you know what? I think that's a slight exaggeration, but now that you're saying that. Hmm. No, I actually recounted it up a few days later because I thought maybe I miscounted because that just sounds like a lot because mm-hmm. we're not even inviting our friends. There was one family who has is really close with us who's also, you know, she's lived a lot of life with it. She's like, we have to invite them. But otherwise, I was like, we can't invite our friends because you have so many friends mm-hmm. to invite. And so we're not going to have space for everybody. But... The good thing is, is that she decided so late to have this party that I feel like had she sent out the invites four weeks ago, people would have probably had more space and marked it on their calendar. But there are a lot of people who have already RSVP'd to another party or another thing. So I think it's probably going to be more like 60 or 70 people maximum. I mean, it might even be fewer than that. I need to ask her because she's been the one getting the RSVPs. But And thankfully, it's a come and go party that you know, over the space of three hours. Yes, it's all going to be fine. But I did have one night about a week ago. So this was like three days into her making this decision that I was up in the middle of the night going, just thinking through like the traffic patterns of having that many people in and out of our house and like how you do that well so that there's not, it's not like this big line backed up and like, you know, like if we're having a food table here and a food table here, I just really had to think about, okay, how do we set this up well so that there are good traffic patterns and people aren't just kind of all crushed waiting. So it probably won't be like that at all, but still, I think you have to be realistic and got to think, you know, if, if half the 70 people come right in the first 30 minutes, you know, that's a lot of people. I wasn't thinking foot traffic. I was thinking car traffic. Yes. That's going to be terrible as well. Well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yes. We have had events with 35 people here at one time. And so I know that it is possible. And so we'll just see. We will just see. But anyway, back to the book, you've been a little bit preoccupied with, you know, this is kind of, I I was reading it today at uh, David's therapy and it was like, I'm, I'm still on chapter two. What's here? I also have this fiction book that I got recently that I'm really excited about reading and I have managed to read one chapter and the chapters are really short, but I'm like, you know what? You know what? It's going to be... I'm going to make up for it later. It's going to be summer yeah. very soon, and then we're going to have time, like we're going to be talking about later on. But Well, so, you were saying that this is a thick book. This is his thickest book. It's really? Like, yeah. It's like a doorstop. Yes. I, I wonder how much it weighs. I don't know. A lot. I can't even imagine writing that many words and then editing that many words. Like, that is a lot of words. Well, you can give us an update maybe next episode, hopefully it would be more than two chapters. And I bet you will be finished by the next episode because Probably. looking at our calendar, once we get through this weekend, um, David also has a sleep study um, the night of Ooh. the party. And yeah, then, I'll be able to take it then we are also uh, babysitting for a friend of ours. She's 
fostering a 10 week old. And so we are babysitting for her because she's going to New York City. So that's happening this weekend as well. So once we get through all of that. And and you're not even mentioning baseball tournament. Oh, that's right. We have a baseball tournament and a lot of family coming in. They're not staying with us. But we don't have, we don't have anything going on this weekend at all. You know, it's just kind of par for the course, but once we get to Tuesday, you know, there was, it's like that meme that says, being an adult is just saying, and when we get to whatever, then uh, life is going to slow down. But I love it. It's wonderful. Yep. But I do look at the calendar going, you know what? There is, it's so weird because there aren't, we usually have a lot of evening commitments and different through the week commitments, but because summer is here, all of those are commitments are gone. And so yeah, that's true. it is this like, oh, we are going to have time to read. And at David's sleep study, you will, yep. because you're going to be there with him. And in this hotel room, just you and David. Yep. So you're probably not going to know what to do with yourself <laughs> with all this quiet. And I think you have to stay in there the whole time. Yeah. So it's like, Though I yeah. don't know how long it's going to be. Well, I know it's at least four hours. But anyway, I've been listening, not listening. I have been reading the book, Listen to Your Day by Paul Angoni. And I actually did recorded a podcast episode with him recently that's going to go up. I'm not exactly sure because we've had so many guests that have come in. And so mm-hmm. um, it probably is going to go up in maybe six weeks or so. But the first, especially first five chapters of his book are so good. I felt like after that, some of the chapters, I'm kind of in the middle where it feels like it's not quite as amazing, but the book itself is worth it just for the first five chapters, just really challenging you to take time to stop to how much are we just picking up our phone to fill mm-hmm. in the gaps? Yeah. How much are we addicted to our phone and not having quiet spaces in our day and just what it really means to listen, to mm-hmm. listen to people, to listen to God, to listen to your heart, to listen to your surroundings and I just have found it very convicting. And so we'll see. I'm guessing that probably I'm just kind of in the lull chapters and then it's going to get better as the we get closer to the end. Does, does he talk about the concept of boredom? Yes, he does. And the necessity of having boredom? Yes, he does. And how that's actually a really valuable thing and that sometimes our best ideas mm-hmm. and most productive things happen when we are bored. And yep. he gives a lot of research to back that up. So it's interesting because that ties into what we're going to talk about with Summer and Bucket List. But before we get to that, I was going to mention that um, what's saving my life this week and actually saving my life for quite a while is this new deodorant that I started wearing for years and years and years. I was wondering why there's a stick of deodorant on the table. There is a reason. Um So for years and years and years, I always used a certain brand of deodorant and that's just what I used. Mm -hmm. But it started to, um, I started having underarm rashes. I guess we're getting a TMI here. I have very sensitive skin. And you were, that was clinical strength. If I, if it's the kind that I'm thinking about. And well, I had switched to that because, and so then um, I was getting these underarm rashes and they were becoming very um, I'm trying to think. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable is is the one word. The other word is like uh, I don't know what the word would be. Embarrassing because you'd be in a situation like a very professional situation, and my underarms would be itching like crazy, and you'd be like, "Is there a way that I can itch them without it looking really weird?" Um, 
And I just remember sometimes I would get out of a meeting or a situation, I'd get in the car and I would just like itch my underarms mm. because they would just itch so bad. So I switched to a different deodorant and I cannot believe the difference it has made. It has, I think I've been, I've switched over for at least five or six months and my underarm rashes completely went away. Interesting. And then the other day, it was probably six weeks ago, we were out of town at a baseball game for Silas's middle school team and I had not brought deodorant. And do you remember this? And we stopped mm-hmm. at a gas station for Kirsten to go to the bathroom. And I was like, can you just run in and get me some deodorant? And yep. so you did. And so I used that deodorant. And then for some reason, I just used it over the next few days. And my rashes came back with a vengeance. Mm. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And so I switched back to the this deodorant that I'm going to talk about in a minute. And within two days, they had almost completely cleared up and wow. then no rashes since then. So I do truly believe it's the deodorant. And it only took me how many years of my life to figure that out. Um, this is the Hello deodorant. It's 24-hour deodorant with charcoal. And it's dermatologically tested, vegan, glides easily, natural fragrance. Um, it says goodbye staining, aluminum, baking soda, parabens, and dyes. And um, I not only think that it works really well, but I have compared the price of if you were to get like a, I think it's Lumi. Is that how you pronounce the deodorant that has gotten? Okay. I think so. That's one that's well known for like being a more natural deodorant. There's a lot of other ones out there on the market and most of them are much more expensive. Like for instance, you can get a two pack of this on Amazon right now. There's a coupon code for it and it makes it less than $6 for, you know, a tube of deodorant. Now that's more than if you were to buy a cheap deodorant. Most, you know, if, if you got a sale, maybe had a coupon, sometimes you can get them for 99 cents. Usually we're looking more like $1.49, $1.99 right now. But yes, so that's more expensive, but it lasts for months and it works really well. And if I don't have to deal with underarm itching. Yeah, plus if you have an issue that you can't wear that, then that's definitely an option. Yes. And so compared to the other deodorants, a lot of them were like, Eighteen dollars uh, for deodorant, and and there might be some others. I'd love to hear if you have tried one that has worked well for you. If you maybe have a similar situation and is cheaper, if you found a cheaper one, let me know um, because I am willing to try some other ones. Although part of me is just sort of like, I found this thing that works. I don't really want to switch. I don't really want to switch from it. Um, but anyway, so that's the Hello brand. Um, I use the Clean and Fresh one. I like that that scent the best. I also have tried, though, they have a coconut, and I tried that. The only problem with that one is Micah got into it the other day and ate part of it because apparently it tastes really good. And so then I was like, well, I guess that at least it doesn't have any, you know, hey, it's vegan. parabens or yeah. anything in it. So I guess that means you can eat it. But I was just like, child, I found him in underneath my bathroom sink, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. That cannot taste good. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. If you've heard me talk at all over the last few years, you know that I went through a season where I had very severe seasonal allergies and it took me a while to figure out what was triggering it and it 
was debilitating. If you've ever suffered from this, I actually had my polyps got really swollen in my nose and then I got chronic rhinitis. So I could not smell out of my nose. And not only that, but I would have these really awful headaches, the kind that just kept me from being able to enjoy my life. And I started going to an ENT and one of the things that he recommended was Claritin D. And so for a time period, I took Claritin and it was such a help to me. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. It works so well. I am a living testament to how well it works. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. So if you've ever suffered from seasonal allergies, if you can relate to kind of some of the things that I have experienced and you want some relief... I highly recommend checking out Claritin D. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is sponsored by ByHeart, and I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in, and all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like ByHeart. ByHeart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, ByHeart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. All right. 10 questions you should ask before summer. Like I said, as parents, I think it's really easy to go into summer and almost feel like it's our responsibility to entertain or occupy our kids all summer. And you alluded to the fact that boredom can be a really good thing. Mm -hmm. One of the things that if our kids say to me, I'm bored, mom, like they know not to say that because I'll be like, 
oh, that's good. I've got a lot of cleaning projects that I need your help with. And I'll start listing off. They're like, no, mom, I'm good. I'm going to go do whatever. And so they've learned not to say to me, I'm bored. But I think for our kids to have downtime Mm -hmm. is a really good thing. But not just for them to be on screens. Right. I have no problem with some screens. I think that there's nothing wrong. I mean, my job, our business, our livelihood is dependent upon screens. I'm not saying that, you know, you should have a screen-free summer, although if that's what you feel is best for your family, I'm also not knocking that. But I think having boundaries for our screens, just kind of like the Paul Angoni book of Listen to Your Day, teaching our kids to have self-discipline and not just always fall back on screens is a really good thing. And so helping them to come up with a list of ideas, a summer bucket list or a goals list, whatever you want to call it, activities list, whatever gets them excited so that they have things to do, to look forward to, to be excited about, and that they're not just defaulting to screens or walking around whining that they're bored. And Mm -hmm. so these are the questions that I put together. There are other ones you could add, but some questions to get your kids thinking for their summer bucket list. One, what's one thing I want to learn how to do? Now, this question in itself is just having the wheels in their brain turning of, what do I want to learn? Like, I think that's a question that we as adults should be asking regularly. Like, we don't want to get stuck in a rut and not be learning new things. Second question, what's a new idea I want to try? And I'd really encourage you as parents to sit down and dialogue with your kids about this because maybe they're going to be like, I don't know, but don't accept that. Just start saying, well, hmm, what's something that you're interested in? What's something you've always wanted to do? What do you wish you had time to do? What's a new idea you want to try? And don't let them just leave that answer blank. Like get the creative wheels in their brain turning. And maybe this is going to take them a day or two or longer. Longer than that. I mean, this is not just an instantaneous discussion that you can have. Let these percolate. Yeah. These are really good questions. And I think as you're asking and kind of pushing them to come up with these ideas, you'll probably be surprised because they'll start thinking of things Mm -hmm. and then that'll lead to other ideas and other ideas. What do I want to read about? And maybe you have a child who is not a reader. They don't enjoy reading, but maybe they would enjoy comic books or maybe they would enjoy audiobooks that were really well narrated. And so there's different options out there, but I think, you know, thinking of what they're interested in, what their passions are and encouraging them to read some books about that this summer or books about a time period that they're interested in or a person that they're interested in or a topic. Where is one place I want to go? This could be locally, this could be domestically, this could even be internationally. And that probably isn't going to be in the budget for the summer. But I think for them to just dream about where would I want to go? And maybe it's, you know, if they're like, I'd really love to go to India, then, you know, that's probably not going to be in the cards for summer. But maybe you could say, you know what, we can't go to India, but let's look and see if there's an Indian restaurant that is in our area. And maybe that's something that you could do. So try to kind of bring some of those, you know, to what do you have right in your area? Maybe there's a market that is, you know, I think we've gone to like a Mm -hmm. Mexican bakery and, um, you know, just so interesting and trying new foods and learning new things and just learning about other cultures. Who is one person I'd like to invest in 
or help. I think it's really important to encourage our kids to be looking for others to pour into and not just be thinking of serving themselves. So maybe it's someone in your neighborhood, someone in their, in your church. Maybe it's someone that is one of their friends who is struggling. Maybe it's a grandparent. You know, who is one person I'd like to invest in or help? What life skill do I want to learn or practice? Our kids, we want to raise them to be adults. And so life skills, things like, you know, if they're teenagers, learning to drive or changing the oil in the car or learning simple things like sewing a button or cooking, skills that involve cleaning, laundry, you know, helping them think through what are some of those skills that they don't know right now that they're going to need to know when they're older that summer would be a great opportunity to practice. What's something I want to learn to cook? I really encourage you to have all of your kids learn to cook and bake, to learn to read a recipe. And summer is a great time to do that. And it could be really simple, but just think of the gift that you're going to give them for the rest of their life. If they know basic cooking skills, that is going to serve them so well and come in handy so many times. And also, I feel like it just gives kids so much fulfillment and it helps you out a ton. Like Silas and um, Caitlin have made dinner for us recently. I think just in the last week, both of them have made dinner. And it's just so nice to be like, mm-hmm. here's what I was planning for dinner. Can you make this? And for them to just be able to do it. And, and Silas, enjoy it. Silas, Silas enjoys especially, it. Caitlin is like, she more prefers baking when she's excited about something. Like she had a macaron a whole thing a few summers ago and her whole goal was to perfect the perfect macaron and she spent hours in the kitchen and researched and did recipes we had to buy special supplies for it and everything and she ended up yep. making good really job. good macarons and so i'm happy to invest a little bit of money <laughs> for them to do that yes did it make a bit of a mess yes but my thing is always you got to clean up after yourselves but silas he loves like he is a much better cook than me so much better. And he's so much more detail oriented and he will make. He the, actually follows recipes. He will take, do all the steps where I'm like, eh, that's not super important. We can skip that. And so then his food always turns out so much better than me, but he loves to watch YouTube cooking shows and then learn from them and then try to implement it in the kitchen. And so maybe if your kids are like not into cooking at all, there are a lot of fun mm-hmm. YouTube shows, or I think there's some on Netflix or Hulu that can kind of then spark their interest for cooking and baking. What is something I'd like to organize better? Maybe in their room, maybe something to gear up for the next year. Maybe you encourage them to say, here's three areas of the house that I want to have a better organizational system, especially if you have a child who is very organized. Could you help me? You could even pay them Mm -hmm. to help organize that, to, you know, come up with the idea and then implement the idea. And it could be a huge blessing to you. And it could also be something that would give them a lot of fulfillment. What's one goal I'd like to accomplish? Now, this goes along with a lot of these other questions, but really thinking of what's one goal? Like I asked this to Silas and he immediately spit out a goal for baseball that he has. And I didn't know he had that goal. And so it was just really helpful for me to know, oh, that's something that is a goal that he has for this summer. And so I'm going to be paying attention to as he's inching closer to that goal. And as he's 
maybe when he hits that goal to know like that's something that he set as a goal for himself for the summer. And finally, what is a business idea or income earning idea I'd like to experiment with or a job I'd like to apply for? Now, this is for if you have a little bit older kids, but I think it is a great gift to give your kids the nudge to earn some money over summer. Not only do they learn so many valuable people skills, working with people through whether it's in food service or retail or whatever job, but also learning money management skills. And the sooner you can start this, the better. Obviously, you want to be careful and wise and all of that. But there are a lot of opportunities out there, and we have just found it to be so valuable for our kids to put in the application, have the interview, and then go and sometimes get the job, sometimes not. But to do the work that this is being an adult, Mm -hmm. like this is part of being an adult. And so learning from a young age to do this. And we also tell our kids, if from the time you're young, you can then have on your resume that you have been working, like that looks really good on a resume. And that's going to help you get your foot in the door places. Whereas if you wait until you're 17 or 18 to go get a job, you're not going to have this real life work experience to show. And so you're going to have to start kind of at the bottom. So for our kids to be starting when they're younger, yes, it means, you know, when they're 14, we're having to drive them to the job or whatever, but it is so valuable. And we've just seen our kids, I mean, so many character qualities and skills and learning to work with difficult people and learning to have to stand up for themselves and learning to take ownership when they make mistakes and learning to get out of bed and get to work on time and, you know, just have to have self-discipline and take responsibility. And then also just the joy and the fulfillment, I think, especially with Catherine, like we've seen her be able to have these savings goals and work really, really hard and then hit them and have so much fulfillment from that and to be learning all these money management skills from a young age to hopefully set her up for a lot more success in the future. So hopefully that gives you some great ideas. We'd love to hear from you. If you have other questions that you have asked your kids that you found to be really valuable or other ideas to help set your kids up for success for the summer, send me an email, crystal at moneysavingmom.com. We'd love to hear from you. We can't wait to hear how your summer goes. If you ask your kids these questions, they end up creating a summer bucket list. Let us know, give us feedback, tell us how it goes. We always love hearing from you and I hope you have a wonderful summer. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.